In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Monica Tanner. Monica is host of the podcast Secrets of Happily Ever After, where she gets to interview married couples who've been together for more than 50 years. Monica is going to share the tips, the ins and the outs, and the secrets that these couples have shared with her about how to build a lasting, strong, and fulfilling love-filled marriage. Monica is also going to share with us entrepreneurs why there's a divorce rate higher for entrepreneurial couples and how you can avoid becoming a statistic and still, as an entrepreneur and entrepreneurial couple, create a strong, love-based, happily ever after marriage that you can be proud of. Monica is also going to share with us what she thinks what makes an amazing dad. And as a bonus, she's going to give us a little insight into what the sexiest thing that a dad can do. My conversation with Monica Tanner starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall. I am your host and founder of Dads Making a Difference, and I'm excited to dive into another conversation today with a guest who is passionate about marriage, a guest that wants you to be passionate about the relationships that you have in your life, specifically with your spouse and your partner. Today, I'm joined by Monica Tanner, and we're going to invite Monica in in just a moment, but I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, do you want to live? happily ever after? Well, of course you do. I do too. And the reality is that happily ever after isn't just some story that you see in the movies or in the books that you read. Happily ever after can be reality that you choose to live and create. My guest today is Monica Tanner. Monica is a mother of four and a loving wife. And Monica would describe her life as living her best love story. And she wants the same for you. Monica is host of the podcast Secrets of Happily Ever After, where she gets to interview couples who've been married for more than 50 years. Imagine the stories and the insight and the little secrets and tips that Monica has picked up over her time interviewing these amazing couples. Well, Monica is here today to share those tips with you. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Monica Tanner. Monica, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. It's great to have you. Yay. So happy to be here with you, Cam. You know, when we connected the other day, uh, it's funny how this connection happens. And it's such an amazing thing, you know, podcasts and interviewing and networking. And for the guys who listen to this, they know the power of networking and being surrounded by good people. And while I was having a conversation with a past guest, Evan Money, last week, and he's like, you have to have so-and-so on your show. I'm like, well, who's so-and-so? He's like, well, my friend Monica, and I'll reach out, but you know, she's a woman. I'm like, hey, we interview women because <laughs> women bring such a unique perspective to dads making a difference. And so thank you for, uh, I don't know if it's taking a chance, but thank you for being here uh, with me today. 
Well, it's my pleasure. And Evan is such a good cheerleader. He's such a great, great guy. So I'm grateful to have his recommendation and stamp of approval. Yeah. And if you're listening to this right now and you don't know who Evan Money is, go back to episodes five and six. We did two parts with Evan and we talked about relationships and fatherhood, but we're going to talk about relationships today because you have a different spin on it. And I love it, you know, diving into your work over the last few days. Uh, why don't you share a little bit to get started about yourself, where you got to where you are and uh, what you're passionate about? Yeah. So I have been married to a super, super hunky guy for the last 20 years. We just celebrated our 20 year anniversary. We have four children, the oldest, oldest of which just graduated from high school, left home. It's been like heart wrenching for me as a mom to, I mean, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. I'm so happy for him, but also I feel this huge hole in our the dynamic of our family. We just, I just miss him. So uh, anyways, that is rough, but I also, I have three left at home, a 16 year old and 14 year old girls. And then um, my youngest who is turning 11. So uh, three, three kids left at home. Uh, I am a weekly podcaster at the secrets of happily ever after I am absolutely obsessed with what makes marriage strong and lasting and what allows people to actually live happily ever after and enjoy each other versus ending up just totally like together by default. They don't even really like each other. They're just kind of waiting out the last days of their life because there's just nothing else to do, right? So I want to avoid that. Those are like the crotchety old people that just like get mad at everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to end up like that. I always tell my husband, like, don't let me ever end up like that. I want to be the cute married couple that's like shuffling down the street, holding hands and everybody's like, I want to be just like them, right? Right. So that's my obsession. I do some marriage coaching with couples to help them increase and enjoy intimacy more fully. And I use a framework that was um, developed by Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo of One Extraordinary Marriage. It's called the Six Pillars of Intimacy. So I talk a lot about the different types of intimacy. Amazing. And, you know, this episode will be coming off like three weeks ago. We had a conversation with Tony DiLorenzo and talked about yes, the Six Pillars. Yes, well, so they're our... like my faves. I yeah. love them so much so that's yeah amazing. and they've been very kind to me we've worked together on a lot of projects so that's excellent so our listeners would be familiar with those pillars and so if you are making reference to them know that you're doing so in good faith and good trust so uh i want to dive into your experience because you mentioned you were a weekly podcaster of happily ever after and that's such a cool conversation interviewing people who have been married 50 plus years. I, I can only imagine the stories that you hear and the insight that you gain when you're having conversations with these couples. Uh, I, we were going to dive into this later, but let's get into this now because our men are listening to this and they want to make a difference in their lives. And we talk about in their families, in their business, their community, and in their families means in their marriage. I think guys will sometimes resort to the quick how to and how not to checklist. Yeah. So, well, if, yes. yeah. If you're reflecting on your conversations, what are some of the keys or the top takeaways that you that you've had from those those episodes you've recorded? 
Yeah. Well, what I love is I'm working on a book. It's called The Secrets of Happily Ever After. Shocking, right? But um, in order to write this book, I have started interviewing couples that have been married for 50 plus years, right? And what's incredible to me is very quickly after sitting down with these couples, I can get a strong handle on whether they are one of these couples that they just love each other. They have learned to just really appreciate each other. They're proud of the life they've created together and their posterity and they've broken generational, you know, trauma, like that type of couple versus the type of couple where they're just like, most of the couples who aren't living happily ever after, they don't really want to be interviewed because they don't have a legacy to leave, right? They don't have a lot of information. They just, they're just kind of there. And you can tell really quickly the ones who have just agreed to it and they don't really like each other that much. They're kind of just waiting it out. Um, you know, they've grown accustomed to each other. They're friends, but they're just not that excited about, you know, continuing life together. They're just kind of dull. So mm. crazy how quickly you can just see that in the couples. But by the way, they, by their body language, by the way, they look at each other, by the way, they look back and smile when you ask them a question about their love story or something, you know, they kind of reminisce and look at each other and you just get these butterflies. Like I am such a, um, I'm such a, a sucker for a good Disney movie with a happily ever after. But the thing about Disney movies is they have this amazing courtship, right? And then they are getting married and that's the end of the story, right? And so what I love about sitting down with these elderly couples who have spent 50 years, like a lifetime together, is that you're getting the rest of the story. You're getting how they've overcome all the challenges and just difficult things that life has thrown at us because you know I, I always say you you don't nobody gets out of this life alive right so how can we have the most fun how can we connect and leave the most beautiful legacy which is what I love about what you're doing here because you're talking to dads which are so important and you know what dads do and if they whether or not they do it well is just really such an integral part of that story that happily ever after that you're writing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, as far as like things that I've learned from these couples, it's really just how do we become intimate friends? How do we learn about each other? How do we continue to be curious about each other and vulnerable with each other throughout our lives? How do we continue to find new ways to enjoy each other and our life together? How do we work together to create all of the things, you know, our family, our children, our careers, um, you know, our household, all of the things that we do together, how do we love and honor and continue to learn about each other and work together as equal partners? It's just really incredible, the insights that these couples share with me. So I'm so excited for this book to come out. I hope that it will really revolutionize the way that people look at marriage because the truth of it is, is way back when people got married for convenience. They got married to like share the weight of all of the responsibilities of life. It didn't really matter if they loved each other. They didn't expect to, you know, grow and develop like all of the self-development and, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the right words. Uh, you know, they didn't 
have to challenge each other. They didn't, you know, have to grow and like, you know, be this amazing version of themselves. They didn't travel the world together. They didn't like do all these things. So there's a lot more that's that people expect out of their marriage now, but those timeless principles of how to really create a beautiful bond and a friendship are, like I said, timeless. So amazing. You said so much there that, you know, we could unpack and you said the word legacy, and that's been a common topic on, on our episodes of men who want to create a legacy. And I think sometimes they'll take that upon themselves and have it on their shoulders of what legacy they leave. And I understand that. And I, I buy into that to a certain extent with like, we as men want to leave a legacy for our families. We want to leave a legacy in the, in our community, but you used it in reference to leaving a legacy as a couple mm-hmm. to using in the legacy in your relationship. And I just think about how in these interviews that you have the families that you've seen the people who've been married and are happy and they still smile and they look at each other, what that's done for their kids and their grandkids. And yeah, it's amazing. You went through a lot of how to's like how to do this and how to not do that. Uh, what are some of the keys, maybe some of the most surprising keys that you've taken that have come up in your conversations uh, that you could share with us? Yeah. Well, as far as how to's, I mean, really the goal that I have in my own marriage, but also that I have for all the couples that I work with is how to really create an intimate friendship because of that is truly kind of the crowning jewel, but it's how you can experience the most joy is when you can really develop that intimate friendship. So you know, as girls, especially we have friends for all the things, right? Like, you know, we want to talk to our girlfriends about what our kids are doing and, and, you know, the new uh, clothing store that we found or the way we figured out how to do our hair. There's lots of things that we love to talk to our girlfriends about. Um, However, um, with our, with our spouses, with our husbands, learning how to constantly be developing that curiosity about each other to be there for each other really when things get difficult or um, to lean on, to always have each other's back, to always come through for each other, to have that trust and that safety and that knowledge, and also to share the most private parts of ourselves, right? Like, I mean, we literally are naked in front of each other, which means that there's nothing between us not clothing, not secrets, not, you know, little white lies, nothing that we want to completely bear our souls to become one with this other human being, right? So the intimate and the friendship, it's its just, cre- and how to do that is by focusing on those six pillars of intimacy that I'm sure Tony talked about in his interview, um, but really kind of paring it down and getting really um, how do I want to say it? Getting really, um, expert at connecting in each of those ways and, and doing that together, right? It's not one person taking the lead and one person following. It's really understanding how to take feedback and be able to confront ourselves, to be able to self-confront and really honestly look at 
how am I as a partner, right? Is being able to ask your spouse, like, what is it like to be married to me? And it's to be able to look at ourselves and be like, where is my partner right about me when they, you know, point something out that, you know, maybe feels uncomfortable or a, a way in which I, I could grow or um, do something a little bit better, right? It's it's being able to share those things with each other, not out of with any type of guile or malice, but just purely because you love this person so much and that I want to become the very, very, very best version of who I could possibly be and then share that with my partner. And I know that my partner is doing the same. Yeah. Amazing. What a question to ask. How is it like being married to me? And, right. and asking it from a frame where you're being vulnerable, you have no filth and you are ready for whatever comes and you asked. So the answer is coming, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. I think the next step too, is how do we navigate that? Right. And so mm -hmm. you might get an answer you might not like, uh, that sits with you a bit, a bit uncomfortably. Uh, guys don't like this stuff. Like this is uncomfortable territory right. for a lot right. of men to get into. Oh yeah. My wife is my best friend says the guy who will go vent to his buddies on a Sunday night football game while they're sitting around, but will go home and just bottle things in and not let his wife know what's really going on, right? Guys are right. bad, bad at this. And the truth is we all have blind spots, right? And we experience the world only from what we know. Hmm. And so the beauty in a marriage is that we get another perspective we get somebody else who's experiencing us, who can help us see what we cannot see about ourselves and somebody who thinks differently than us, right? Usually opposites attract, but certainly you married someone of the opposite sex and we're different. Just like you said, guys aren't good at this or that or whatever, right? And so it's the perfect environment for us to grow and develop all kinds of capacities that we don't naturally have. But like you said, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to be curious and we have to do so with an open heart and allow our partner to give us feedback on all of those things that we just can't see about ourselves. Yeah. You know, you, you talk to these couples who've been married for 50 plus years, but you mentioned you also do some coaching, some marriage coaching and, um, I looked into some of your work and you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. You'll work yeah. with business owners, entrepreneurs who we've seen that type of mentality. I have that type of mentality. You probably have it to an extent where you dive in and you're all in on your business. And the reason that you're doing it, the why behind you wanting to build your business and wanting to gain more freedom is your family. Mm -hmm. Yet you start to neglect that side of it. And what's what the why was driving you has now become neglected because of the what, not the why. Um, right. Can you chat a little bit about, you know, you, how you coach entrepreneurial couples uh, mm -hmm. and maybe other couples too, on how to balance the demands of our own wants and desires and aspirations with the needs of our relationships. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency 
to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Yeah, such a good question. And so the thing about many of the couples that I work with is they're typically very um, educated and they're very proficient. They either own businesses or they have high powered positions in different companies. And so people don't tell them what to do, right? Like they are kind of the end of the line. And so what they say goes, right? And so that becomes really hard when you come home and you have to ask your spouse for some feedback on like maybe how you're dealing with the children or, you know, something like that. Right. And so that's typically, and and truly the divorce rate in entrepreneurial families is much higher than the regular divorce rate. And that is because when you're in charge, it's hard to switch that off and come home and have the humility to um, really become that kind of make that family first. So how do we balance yes. the our aspirations and what we want to achieve while not neglecting the why, like our family in that relationship? Yeah. Okay. So a big part of that is taking feedback from your spouse. Hmm. So a lot of times an entrepreneur is married to a non-entrepreneur yeah. and entrepreneurs, they work very, very hard and they have a lot of vision and they, they have a hard time just kind of sitting still and like being where they are. They're always on to the next thing. They're always have another idea and their businesses now as business owners, you know, that's like a full-time job. It's not like you clock in and you clock out. It's like, you're constantly thinking about your business. So I think one of the biggest challenges is to get to a point where you can switch that off. So a lot of times I, you've, you're probably my age, my generation, you've probably seen Mr. Rogers neighborhood, right? It's a show that we grew up on Sesame street. Now the younger kids, they're not going to know what I'm talking about, but basically it's a show for kids, right? They'll they'll never know the pleasure of the cardigan. It's true. You'll have to watch the Fred Rogers. I can't remember what it's called, Um, but it was a documentary on Fred Rogers. He was an amazing human, but he had this show, right? And so it, the the music, the credit music would play and he would come into the house and he would take off his sports jacket and he would put on his cardigan sweater and he would take off his nice penny loafer shoes and he would put on his house shoes and he would just change his clothes to his environment. And then we knew that he was there and he was ready to be with us like on the show. That's kind of what that transition was. And it's the same kind of thing that entrepreneurs or or high-powered executives have to learn how to do with their family. So I usually say like, you know, take, I, like I take off my earrings when I'm done with work for the day, like my physical signal that I'm changing from entrepreneur mode or coach mode 
to mom mode to wife mode usually has some physical something. So I take my earrings off at the end of the day when I'm done working. I take a lot of my clothes off when I'm done being the mom at the end of the day, I'm climbing to bed with my husband. Right. And so it's just a matter of understanding kind of your zones and having these dedicated opportunities to be in the role where you are. So for you, you know, dads, it's being a dad is such an important thing. And so you don't want to be playing catch with your son and also taking a business call or, right. you know, texting or, you know, whatever, you know, that entails for you, right? You don't want to be being intimate with your wife and answering a text. Like, it's just, you want to separate those zones and you want to make sure that you're giving the proper amount of attention. Now, it's not going to be equal with time because a lot of times we have to put a lot of time and energy into our businesses to make them run. And there are seasons of life. But you want to make sure that you're putting appropriate amounts of effort and energy into your role as father and your role as husband and your role as lover and your role as entrepreneur. Yeah, amazing. You know, identifying those roles is so important. And what you were sharing about that physical act of removing something or putting something else on, I think if guys could be listening to this and if you're listening to this right now and you're not an entrepreneur, but you work nine to five, there's nothing wrong with work nine to five. But I think those cues, like those cues, as you walk in the house and you put your keys mm -hmm. down and put the briefcase yeah. away, or, you know, take off the hard hat and hang it by the door and you wash your face or whatever it is like this transition mode. You know, I, I will make sports references on here. Cause that's what guys do. Right. And, but, oh, uh, but, you know, okay. but yeah, but when you, you know, there's like the pregame ritual or there's the postgame ritual and guys are based on rituals. Like they put on the certain shirt for the certain event or whatever have you to create rituals in your own home. Like you're saying, I think that's really important. So if you're listening to this right now, I want you to brainstorm. Thanks to Monica, brainstorm something you can do that is physical. Yeah. That will A lot of husbands will, when they get home, they'll just take a minute in the garage. You know, they'll sit in their car for a minute, wrap up whatever they needed to do from work and just kind of get themselves in the headspace to right. like come in and the house might be a wreck and dinner's probably not ready. And, you know, it, it, it's probably going to be chaos, especially if you have young kids, but yeah. you just, you kind of breathe in and out and you take your work you know, hat off and you come in the house and you, you get busy, right? You help right. your wife with what she needs help with. You help your kids with their homework. You, you figure out dinner, start doing the dishes or whatever needs to be done. Um, and often I, you know, I try to help my couples set up what they need to set up. So if, you know, maybe somebody needs a few minutes to, you know, take a breather, go to their bedroom or watch a little bit of TV or something before they jump in, like, that's totally understandable. My husband doesn't do that, but a lot of husbands or wives do need to have that buffer period. And that's totally fine. Just as long as they can come out and be fully present and jump into whatever needs to be done in that new role. You mentioned your husband and you say he's an amazing dad. What, what is an amazing dad? You know, what makes an amazing dad in the relationships that you've seen? Well, I absolutely love that you asked me this question because I think it's the best question you could possibly ask. And number one, he's really good to me. He loves me. He respects me. He serves me. We go out on date nights and my kids know that 
first and foremost, he loves me. And so I think the absolute most important thing you can do to be a really good dad is to love and honor your children's mother. That's number one. And even if you're talking about divorce situations, you can still honor and respect their mother. That's very, very, very important. Number one. Number two, he's very, very involved in their lives. He, I have my kids all do a lot of sports and it doesn't have to be sports. It can be other activities musically or otherwise, but my husband is very involved. He either coaches their sports teams. I don't know that he's ever missed a game that any of my children have had unless they've conflicted with each other and we've had to divide and conquer, but he's always at their games. He makes whatever arrangements that he can to spend really good quality time with each of my children. So I absolutely love that he does that. He doesn't have a lot of hobbies. When my kids were younger, well, maybe, let's be honest, when he was younger, he played on a, you know, club soccer, men's league soccer, soccer team, which was good. He, um, you know, it, it kept him active and social and things like that. But now his hobby truly is working out. And typically he, I'm either with him or he takes a kid with him to work out. Um, so that's how he keeps in shape. But other than that, he really spends a lot of time with my children. My girls confide in him much more than they confide in me. Like, I, I think they like his advice better. Or sometimes they joke that he's not really listening when they tell him about their day, but he always asks them about their day. So, and he always, you know, tucks them into bed and has a really great relationship. And my girls are teenagers, right? And so typically what happens is dads kind of disconnect from their daughters a little bit when they start to develop into women. And I think that's really dangerous. I think that it's really important for dads to always be um, connected emotionally and physically with their girls all throughout the time they're aging. And even after they get married, my dad still greets me with a kiss on the lips. Right. And I love it. You know, so there's nothing more that you can do for your kids than to love their mom and, and really um, exemplify a healthy relationship and also be involved and attentive and in, in, in their lives. That's I just think that's absolute best thing you can do for um, your children as a dad. But not only that, I watching my husband like lay down with my daughters and, and hear about their day is like one of the sexiest things he can do. I mean, he comes down from tucking my kids in and I'm like, let's go, dude. You are <laughs> unbelievably hot. <laughs> so that is another bonus of being a really good attentive dad is it's a huge turn on. I promise you that. Now let's let's go down that road a little bit because we've, we've talked about men processing different things and you know guys can joke and while I don't subscribe to the boys will be boys mentality I think that it could get pretty dangerous but there there's that feeling that guys will joke about things you know and talk about things sexually with their their buddies and try to process through things and in I'm talking in reference to it in an appropriate way. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to talking about say, their sexuality and their sexual relationship with their wife, like they get all squirmy and they get uncomfortable and they don't want to talk about it. Why is that? Yeah, well, I find that that most men are actually very insecure about sex as well, because 
most of us didn't talk about sex a lot growing up, right? We all came, most of us came from a, a purity culture. We came from, you know, households where sex wasn't talked about. And there's like this societal, societal, cultural um, expectation that men know what they're doing when it comes to sex. And the truth is they really don't. And even if they did know what to do in sex, right? They don't know their their wife's body. Mm. They don't know all of those things yet, right? And so I think that men, and, and I'm not sure what age group your, your podcast is for, but a lot of men feel like the definition of sex is penis and vagina, like orgasm, and then we're, we're good, right? And that doesn't work for most women. That's not going to be a good recipe for a lot of pleasure and enjoyment on your wife's side. So when what typically happens is men go after that because that's what they learn and and then their wives are most for the most part unsatisfied and they stop enjoying sex. And then you, you come to this crossroads, right? And you've got a man who's like, you know, I want they men bless them, connect with their spouse and show love to their wives by enjoying sexual time with them. Right. That's it's, it's really, it's important for a man. It's God given. I think it's a beautiful um, urge and longing for men to want to be close to their wives, to appreciate their bodies and all of that. Right. But there is a huge learning curve when it comes to figuring out how to give pleasure and enjoyment to a woman, especially if the woman has grown up in a purity culture where they have this little, you know, voice in the back of their head that says, you shouldn't love this. You shouldn't seek pleasure. You know, sex is bad. You know, you don't want to be that kind of a woman. Right. So it takes a lot of, of figuring out. And that's part of developing that intimate friendship is learning how to talk about that learning how to teach each other about your bodies and how they go together and what you love and 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 it changes throughout time right when a woman is nursing a baby they're definitely not going to like certain things that they like other times in their lives right so there it's always changing it's kind of a moving target um but one of the most important things that you can do for your relationship and for your happily ever after is to learn how to communicate really well about sex. And I know that men get really squirmy about that because they're supposed to know, but the truth is they don't. How could they? And it's often not enough to do that on your own, like you and your wife alone. You know, you've, you've mentioned that and we've had other people on here who said, yeah, it's great to start that process on your own, but sometimes you can't see what's actually happening because you're immersed in it. You and your wife are there and you're trying to navigate it, but you're immersed in it, right? And you, you shared that when we spoke last. Can you talk more about that? You mentioned like the power of bringing somebody else in as a third party, as yes. another perspective, as you know, not being able to navigate it on your own. Yeah. Well, I honestly, the, the more I kind of do this and the more I get into 
um, you know, kind of learning about couples and what makes them tick and how they become really truly intimate friends is I've, I've developed the idea that I don't think that a couple can truly reach like the highest level of, of joy and connectedness on their own. It's really important to have a trusted third, trusted and neutral third party in the relationship. So now this can be a coach or counselor. It can be a friend. It can be another couple that, you know, is farther along and just, you know, kind of mentor. There's lots of people that it could be. And in the olden times, one of my, my neighbor, who was my first interview that I ever did, they've been married 78. Can you believe that? 78 years. Yeah. So they didn't have coaches. I don't even think they had marriage counselors back then, right? When they first got married, but they talk a lot in their interview about they moved to a small town and they joined a church and they had mentors. They had couples that mentored them and taught them so much about marriage. It's really, really, really important, especially when there's a lot of conflict in the marriage, which typically there is if you have two people who are different from each other and they're learning how to relate to each other. Um, and they care about each other, there's going to be conflict. And so they can only see what they can see. And typically, if you're, if you have an opinion about something, you're pretty sure that you're right. And your partner is pretty sure that they're right. And so it's important to get that neutral third party in there. And that's all that I do. I don't teach people how to be married or anything like that. I just point out things that they might not see, dynamics that are working underneath the surface of their relationship, causing them to respond and react and behave in certain ways that they don't understand why they're doing it. Like they're triggering each other or they're hitting on things that, you know, they, they don't understand why they get so, um, you know, worked up or amped up about a certain thing. Right. And you've got a neutral third party that's sitting there listening and can see and point out lots of things that the couple can't see. So I think it's really, really important, whether you know you have a great marriage or not, that you seek out someone who can do that for you. Yeah, amazing. And in your conversations, I'm just putting together what you've shared. You know, you have your conversations with these couples who've been married for so long. Uh, you have com- conversations with couples at various points in the relationship when you're talking with entrepreneurs and other people, and you're putting this together in your background together in this book. And what is it? Remind us happily ever after the secrets of happily ever after happily ever after that's the name of my company. It's the name of my podcast. It's the name of my book that someday will be published. (laughs) Yeah, Amazing. And so that kind of brings me to my next question for you. Uh, What areas are you excited about right now or areas of growth that you have committed to? Yeah, well, I think learning how to parent an adult is kind of what's on the docket for me right now. I mean, it, it really, the, the dynamics of my family changed so much when my oldest moved out and I still want to like give him advice and tell him what would be best for him and help him when he's, you know, heartbroken because his girlfriend's dating someone else, like all of these things that I want to like jump in and, and help as a parent. And I have to realize that parenting an adult is very different. And, you know, he could be being married in the next few years and, how am I going to be as a mother-in-law and all those things? So I'm looking forward to learning how to um, welcome new people into our family and learn how to parent in a new way and 
teenagers are just literally exhausting. So parenting teenagers, especially teenage girls, uh, is really taking it out of me. So I do a lot of reading on, um, you know, learning about emotional maturity in teenagers and adults. Amazing. Very cool. Uh, Monica, if somebody's listening to this right now, where can they connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is my website. It's www.secretsofhappilyeverafter.com. It's where you can find tons of resources. And I hang out on Instagram. I make those silly reels because that's what you're supposed to do. You can find me on Instagram at monitanner one Excellent. Well, Monica, thanks so much for joining me today. I shared so much value. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and take notes because I just trying to pick it all up. So thank you again. I appreciate you. Uh, and can't wait to see that book come out. Oh, yes. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.